Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch Chop Retrofit. Do you guys ever uh, put on your jacket while the hood is still on the inside of the jacket? And for like a split second, you think you might be a sudden hunchback? No. Mm -mm. Well, this is not an haute couture podcast. Welcome to season eight, episode 12 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us, like us. decide who is recast in those iconic roles? Uh, Chelsea's going to come at you for stepping on her part. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Chelsea. I did not realize that was your part. I thought that was a collective thing. I'm, That's okay. I'm so can, sorry. I apologize. My name is... <laughs> Run, Travis, Run, a.k.a. Slaughterhouse Trav. Yes. A.k.a. Time Traveler. Yes. And I am joined, as always, here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Hot Tub Time Mashon, <laughs> a.k.a. Sean Ware in Time, a.k.a. Shawnee Darko. Mm. And we're also extremely excited to welcome back to the show, Chop Shop Regulator, Chelorian, a.k.a. Southland Chels, a.k.a. Intercheller. Nice. <laughs> we're extremely excited to welcome back to the show, Making his triumphant return here in the future times, Mr. Joe Body, <laughs> aka Ida Joe Transfer, <laughs> aka Run Jola Run. Oh, okay. <laughs> Further description of the show the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. We're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Take that, rewind it back. Ain't nobody got time for that. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And if we don't succeed, we just go back and do it over again. <laughs> All right, that will bring us to our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And unfortunately this week, we do have four RIPs. So rest in peace and rest in power to the following. Um, the biggie, Cloris Leachman, Oof. has passed away at the age of 94 of natural causes. Uh, standouts for me would be Young Frankenstein and Beer Fest, oh. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think those are my two big standouts and just such a treasure. Any, uh, any thoughts on Cloris Leachman? Anybody? Somebody retweeted a photo and it was... Um, Mary Tyler Moore, Cloris Leachman, and Rhoda, and it was like, oh, they're back together. And I was oh, like, that's nice. so sad. No, but it's kind of Yeah, I mean, it's very sweet, too. but it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, next, rest in peace and rest in power to Cicely Tyson, uh, the iconic actress who was in Sounder and The Help and many, many other uh, projects, died at the age of 96. And she was lauded for... Um, portraying realistic black women, which I think is very commendable. Uh, next, rest in peace to Alberto Grimaldi. He was a producer of some spaghetti westerns, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and also Gangs of New York, um, Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah, Bob the Butcher. Hell yeah. Um... <laughs> He has died at the age of 95. Also, natural causes. And then finally, rest in peace and rest in power to Larry King. Uh, the breezy interviewer of the famous and infamous has died at the age of 87. Uh, he was recently diagnosed with COVID-19 and spent some time in the hospital, but his wife, his widow, is saying that that was not the whole reason for his death. And we know that he lived kind of a uh, somewhat unhealthy lifestyle. So rest in peace and rest in power to those four. Uh, next, AMC raises $917 million to weather the dark coronavirus-impacted winter. We talked about this earlier in the year. They were selling off shares. And as they were selling off shares, they're like, we got to sell shares because we might go bankrupt. <laughs> And didn't, then it works. They raised $917 million. Yes. Didn't their stock have something happen to it similar to what's happened with the GameStop stock recently? Oh, I don't know about yeah, that. Where yeah, it was that, that kind of was the, the, the pivot point on the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Very manipulative of the market. 
All right, some in, <coughs> insider action going on. No, it was driven by the the Reddit community. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So now, now Reddit's getting too powerful. <laughs> if they can fluctuate the stock market, we, I mean, we redditors can fluctuate the stock market. Uh, next, Lovecraft Country showrunner Misha Green is set to direct the next Tomb Raider film at MGM, with Alicia Vikander reprising her role as Laura Croft. Thoughts? I think that it's a good thing. It's a move in the right direction. Yeah. Also, you can almost spell Laura Croft with the letters of Lovecraft Country. <laughs> uh, next, uh, Kristen Stewart's Pris- Princess Diana movie, Spencer, uh, has released some images of her as Princess Diana. And I think that face value wise, she looks pretty spot on. Yeah. And now she just has to act. Next, we've got, uh, I never say his name right, Noah Bombach. Bomba. Signs a multi-year exclusive film deal with Netflix. And this is following the success of A Marriage Story, right? Yeah. Next, Dennis Quaid to star as Hero Passenger who landed plane in MGM's On a Wing and a Prayer. Remind me, do you love or hate Dennis Quaid? I'm fine with Dennis Quaid. cool with him? Yeah. I think he'll be good in this. Chelsea, thoughts? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Well, let me ask you this. How do you feel about Spy Kids? Ugh. No, not a Spy Kids fan. It has a little bit of a cult following. My son went through a Spy Kids phase. Okay. So I've seen this fucking film too many times. All right. So Robert Rodriguez is rebooting Spy Kids franchise at Skydance Media. And it has yet to be revealed whether Antonio Banderas will be reprising his role (laughs) as well. Uh, Next, Blumhouse movie Adrift will reunite Requiem for a Dream Darren Aronofsky and Jared Leto. I skipped the word team because I didn't want you guys to think I was referencing the movie Dream Team from last week. (laughs) Uh, I thought there was already a movie called Adrift that was out, like with Shailene Woodley or somebody. Just a few few years ago. Okay. I think that's about going to wrap us up for movie news this week. Do you guys hear a telephone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Paging Dr. Ross, Dr. Doug Ross, mm, George Clooney. <clears throat> Sorry about the choppers. Neroli is the flower of the bitter orange tree. Alan Rickman passed away in 2016. Nice use of connective tissue in your double feature, Sean. The South African actor who is in both films of Sean's double feature pronounced his name Zakes Mokai. Barnard Hughes was also the grandpa on Blossom. Whoa! Sofia Vergara's hunky husband is Joe Manganiello. Did y'all know he's a D&D dungeon master? Interesting. I gotta run. We got a code brown in the shower. See you next week. All right, Dana, we appreciate that. And you know what else is bitter and orange? Donald Trump. <laughs> Which brings us to the theme of the episode. Oops, we did it again. Time Travel Movies 2, it's that time again. (laughs) So we did a time travel movie maybe three years ago. It's back in the dark ages. And uh, you went back and listened to a portion of that. You went back in time. And we decided that we should probably do it all over again. Yeah, makes sense. There's plenty of of movies. Plenty of time travel movies. It's one of my favorite genres. Um, You pretty much have me in the door if you just mention time travel in the the plot synopsis of the movie. Uh, What are your guys' thoughts on the genre? I am also a big fan. I'm a little bit worried right now after what just happened, and this will reveal itself when I do my recast, that my brilliant idea that I thought that I had is going to be repeated. Oh, okay. So we shall see when our recasts are revealed. Wonderful. Now, Sean, when you uh, listened to that older episode, did we have a guest I don't remember. I don't think so. It's just you, Andrew, and I. Yeah. Andrew! And uh, Chelsea, time travel thoughts. Um, I guess I didn't really think too hard about this genre, but Mm -hmm. I've had fun this week with these movies. Nice. Uh, With that, we're going to go ahead and get into our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where each of us on the panel have pre-selected two movies that fit within the topic of the week. And we talk about them and how they're related and why they would be a perfect pick for a double feature. 
And Joey, as our guest, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I have picked two movies which are based on two of my favorite novels. Uh, the first one is one I have not yet seen. I did not know existed until I was doing the research for this episode, uh, but I will be correcting that soon. Uh, it's from 1931, uh, and it is a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court based on the Mark Twain novel. That was one of the movies that we recast the first time, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I have not yet. Is it any good? I haven't. It's got its charm. Yeah, there's several versions of that. Story yeah, well, well what, I, what I read today was that uh, when I was doing the research for this is that they're there are several versions of it, and there's one from 1949 with, with Bing Crosby. That's the one we watched. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so this is an earlier an one. Early it's the one. first one. There's an, a previous one, but this is the first one with sound. It was done okay. in, like, the, I think, late 20s, and then that was a, 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 a you know. A talkie? No, it was a silent movie, and okay. then that was a success, so they went and did a sound version gotcha. of it in 1931, several years later. Uh I, I thought this was interesting. It's shot in black and white, obviously, but apparently the, the director uses shades of like pink shade hmm. um, in scenes that have to do with Morgan Le Fay, who's a sorceress who's mm-hmm. you know in the yep. plot of the movie. Um, I've never seen it. I don't know if it's any good, but I'll put it on double feature just to watch it. The second one is based on arguably my favorite book of all time. That's Kurt black Vonnegut's. Knight. What's that? Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, my is Slaughterhouse Five uh, by Kurt Vonnegut. Slaughterhouse Trav. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, no, yeah, that was one of his nicknames, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, it's from 1973. I have seen this one. Uh-huh. It's not a great movie. It's a very very good book, though. It's oh, it's yeah. It's a it, the the book is brilliant, uh, and the movie is actually very faithful to the book in terms of the plot, but that doesn't always translate to a great adaptation. Right. Um, It's not a great movie. It's a decent one uh, from 1973 uh, directed by George Roy Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, who has an interesting uh, catalog, Butch Cassidy and Sundance kid and the sting uh, in the seventies. So he was big shit in the seventies. And then he ended up doing a movie, which I haven't seen Probably since I was a teenager, but I remember fondly, and it's Funny Farm. Oh, I love Funny with, Farm. With uh, with Chevy Chase, Hell yes, uh, dude. I've probably seen that movie twenty, thirty times. Yeah, so I just thought that was an interesting, you know, very widely ranging catalog to have. So, what's your favorite part of Funny Farm? You know, honestly, I I don't remember a whole lot about it. I remember liking it. The mailman and... is hilarious. The dog that keeps running away. That's my favorite part. And the part where he gets tricked into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. (laughs) Hey, I've had those. I need to rewatch. I have a funny story about Funny Farm. The first first apartment I ever moved into, um, when I was moving out of the barracks, I brought my DVD player. That DVD was in there. It got stuck in there. And I didn't have cable or anything yet. That was just so the only movie. I just watched Funny Farm for like two weeks straight. <laughs> your new apartment became a Funny Farm. It really did. Awesome. So Chelsea, over to you. What are you talking about for your double feature? Uh, so mine's mine's kind of dark and sad. Mm. Um, I'm going with 2009's Triangle. Okay. And I'm pairing that with 2019's Coco D, Coco Da. I've not seen Coco D, Coco Da. I know Sean recommended it recently. It's, it's Triangle. Really uh, is that the one on the cruise ship? Yeah. And it's like something to do with the Bermuda Triangle? No. No. I don't want... I'm not going to give I, any... I've seen it. You've I seen liked it. it. You checked it in yeah. on Letterboxd. Yeah. I'm not giving any okay. plot away. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. Probably. But um, they're both a, a commentary on grief. Ah, Okay. I can see that. It occurs to me that time travel as a genre kind of lends itself to to exploring grief because it's like a what what might have been. Everybody has so often plays out that way. What what if I hadn't done this? Uh Or what if this hadn't happened? Well, both of these films. Yeah, I like these ones because they're stuck in a in a a time time loop. loop. Donnie, I was I was thinking Donnie Darko, and that's kind of similar to like. All right. Uh, Good, good double feature. Over to you, Sean. All right, I'm gonna lighten the mood with comedies. (laughs) Uh, the first is going to be 2010's Hot Tub Time Machine. Hell yeah. Uh, this, of course, starring John Cusack, Rob Corddry, uh, Craig Anderson, uh, Craig Robinson. Yes. Sorry. And uh, Clark Duke. Clark Duke. That's yes. Yeah, I was trying to. But Sebastian stands in this as well. Oh, wow. Crispin Glover, Chevy Chase, Lizzie Kaplan. He's got a great cast. But as the name of the movie would suggest, it's a hot tub. That's a time machine mm-hmm. that takes them back to 1986. In the glory days. Yes. And I'm piggybacking that whole 86 
comedy romp kind of feel to go with 2014's Premature. Okay, now explain what Premature is because I've never seen this. Um, Never experienced it. Okay, Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. High school senior wakes up from a wet dream. Uh His mom opens the door and he's just sitting there with just soaked underwear. Uh And she's like, oh, I'll just uh, excuse me. And she like shuts the door and thus starts his Groundhog Day of... His first sexual encounter, uh-huh. and every time he every time he ejaculates, he loops back to the beginning oh, of waking shit. up from the wet dream. It's what amazing. What year is this? Twenty fourteen, and wow. it's fucking hilarious. Is this there anybody so knowing it? Um, Alan. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk is in it as mm-hmm. the. Is he the? He's the he's the um, college oh, he, admissions dude. Yes, okay. he's interviewing him for his for for uh, uh, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's great in it. Uh, there are a few faces you'll remember or recognize rather, but no big names. Nice. It's truly a, a teen romp comedy uh-huh. with the time loop factor. Dance. <laughs> I highly recommend this. I love it. I'm writing it down right now. Something Sean said. <laughs> All right. My um, double feature is also a couple of more recent movies. Uh, they're pretty straightforward sci-fi action thrillers. The first one is from 2011. It's called Source Code. And it was directed by Duncan Jones, who I just found out is David Bowie's son. Ooh, I had no idea that. He also directed Moon, which is amazing. Mute, which was okay. And Warcraft, which was bad. Bad. And uh, this movie has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Helicopter pilot Coulter Stevens, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, is part of a top-secret military operation that enables him to experience the last few minutes in the life of Sean Fentress, a man who died in a commuter train explosion. The purpose of Coulter's mission is to learn the identity of the bomber and prevent a similar catastrophe. As Coulter lives Sean's final moments, he becomes more certain that he can prevent the first tragedy from occurring as long as he doesn't run out of time. Uh, every time he's sent back, it's eight minutes. He's got eight minutes to try and figure out where the bomb is, who did it, because they have determined in the future that the person who bombed this commuter train also sets off a dirty bomb in Chicago. Rewatched it last night. Very solid movie. Uh, it was followed in my double feature and the following year in 2012 by Looper and another uh, American sci-fi action thriller. This one directed by Ryan Johnson, who, of course, did The Last Jedi and uh, Knives Out. He also directed The Brothers Bloom. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brick with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is an amazing neo-noir film. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes for Looper. In a future society, time travel exists, but it's only available to those with the means to pay for it on the black market. When the, when the mob wants to eliminate someone, it sends the target into the past where a hitman known as a Looper lies in wait to finish the job. Joe, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joey Gordy Levi's, is one such hired gun, and he does his job well until the day his bosses decide to close his loop and send Joe's future self, played by Bruce Willis, back in time to be killed. The first time I saw this, I really liked it, obviously, and I was kind of impressed with how Levitt was playing, Gordon Levitt was playing a young Bruce Willis. This time around, I still thoroughly enjoyed it, but I realized that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just a better actor than Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. Uh, but still an amazing time travel movie. I highly recommend both of these. All right, so here we go with our feature segment. This is The Recast, and this is where we take a predetermined film, and each of us on the panel, we go around and we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles. And since this is the sequel to our time travel movies episode, I thought it only fitting that we talk about Back to the Future Part 2. Joey, I think you have something to say. Well, I was going to say is it's ironic that we're doing a sequel since the official stance of the Cinema Chop Shop is that we're anti-sequel. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? So we've talked about this before when I've, I've been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were not really into movies. Okay. And there's a lot of the 80s blockbuster type movies that I have I never saw in the 80s. And this is one of those. I, have not, I did not see the Back to the Future trilogy until maybe... Seven years ago, when oh, someone wow. uh, who's a friend of the podcast 
made me sit down and watch them. Gotcha. Um, so when I watched them, I watched them totally without any of the expectation of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So they were they were new to me. Um, I didn't hate this one as much as Sean apparently did, and Chelsea apparently as we're seeing, as we're learning now. Uh, but again, I wasn't imbued with like the the whole nostalgia of the Back to the yeah. Future franchise. It wasn't intended to be a franchise. They made the first movie and it was hugely successful. And so they're like, well, we better make a sequel because that's what we do now. And they shot two and three at the same, same time, time and then released them uh, in consecutive years. Hmm. So there is definitely a bit of a cash grab aspect to it. Um, Chelsea? I saw this one for the first time over the weekend. Okay. I thought it was terrible. Right. But I loved the first <laughs> you one. You were the only person who was under a rock in the 80s, apparently. And uh, Sean? I just thought, I felt that uh, Back to the Future 2 was convoluted. Uh-huh. I remember watching it in the theater thinking, this this is a lot to expect of me. And watching it again, I was just like, yeah, it's not really that great. And the, the, the Biff Griff thing was uh-huh. really lame. And I, I think a lot of the, the future jokes were low-hanging fruit. And uh, so... We still don't have fucking hoverboards. Yeah, yeah. That's a disappointment right. that, that a lot of the things that I was promised didn't come true. But but really, it was just a very convoluted movie. And uh, trying too hard, I think, is what happened. So once again, we're talking about Back to the Future Part 2 from 1989. Uh, once again, directed by, directed by Robert Zemeckis. And it's got a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. In this zany sequel, time-traveling duo Marty McFly and Dr. Emmett Brown, played by Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, return from saving Marty's son from future disaster, only to discover their own time transformed. In this nightmarish version of Hill Valley, Marty's father has been murdered and Biff Tannen, Marty's nemesis, has profited. After uncovering the secret to Biff's success, a sports almanac from the future, Marty and Doc embark embark on a quest to repair the space-time continuum. The girlfriend is recast yep. with Elizabeth Shue and the uh, father it was not Crispin portrayed Glover, by yeah. Crispin Glover is replaced and I'm pretty sure that Crispin Glover sued and won some damages over that. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dana. All right, so we've got Michael J. Fox playing Marty McFly. He was 28 at the time, supposed to be about 19. Uh, we've got Dr. Emmett Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, who was just 51. That blew my mind when I saw that because he definitely seemed older. Uh, then we've got Jennifer Parker, the girlfriend, and she's played by Elizabeth Shue in this, who was uh, 26 at the time. And then finally, we've got Leah Thompson playing Lorraine McFly, but it's the future version. At least in my recast, I'm recasting the future version of Lorraine McFly, and she's uh, supposed to be somewhere in her 50s. And Joey, you've got an extra recast. Do you want to break it down for us? I do. Um, I did what I typically do when, when I do the research for these episodes. And I watch the movie and do the recast before I actually look at go back and look at the, the invitation that you sent me where I see what we're actually recasting. Uh-huh. And I couldn't believe that we were not recasting the role of Biff. Biff and Griff. Uh, who, to me, is kind of like the center of the movie okay. in a lot of ways. All right. Uh, so my first recast was Biff, and right. then that set me on the theme that I'm going to recast well, Go ahead and give with. us your Biff. What's your Biff? My Biff, because y'all, let's be honest here. Uh, Biff is Donald Trump, right? Ah. Mm. Yeah. Ill-gotten gains. Yeah. Yeah. So I cast Donald Trump Jr. in the role as Biff. Do you want me to go with my Marty Marty McFly? Yes. So uh, my vision for this film is that the Trump family, now deposed from power, needs something to do. And so they're going to throw all of their earnings into rebooting the Back to the Future franchise. <laughs> okay. Biff will be Donald Trump Jr. Uh, starring as Marty McFly will be Baron Trump, oh. who is now 14. By the time production starts, he'll be 15. It's fine. It's perfect. I love it. Over to you, Chelsea. Uh, my actor was in a movie called Spree, Death to 2020, mm-hmm. Slice, um, but you'd all know him from Stranger Things. I went with uh, Joe Keery. Joe Keery. Yeah. I can see it. 
Very good. Over to you, Sean. Um, I went younger with my cast on this one because, like you said, Marty's supposed to be about 18, 19 years old. I was a 24-year-old actor. He was in Never Let Me Go. He was in Red Band Society. Mm-hmm. He was in Vanity Fair, and he was in Rocket Man. And when he's clean-shaven, he kind of bears a little bit of a resemblance to uh, to Michael J. Fox. It's uh, Charlie Rowe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Charlie Rowe. Yeah. All right, well, I decided to mix mine up a little bit as well. So I did a gender flop on every role in this movie. So my first actress playing um, Martha McFly is 28 now. She was in Booksmart. She was in The Last Jedi. She's in Billionaire Boys Club. Her name's Billy Lord. Oh, cool. Billy Lord is going to be my Martha McFly. Well, she's funny as hell. She Mm -hmm. is. And uh, she's Hollywood royalty. Next up, we've got Dr. Emmett Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, who was 51 at the time. Uh, That was remarkable to me that he was only 51. And uh, Joey? Well, well, I got to know where you're going. The natural... The natural cast here, given my theme, is the man himself. We'll, we'll have Donald Trump, Donald okay. J. Trump, as uh, as uh, Dr. Brown. But I don't have any confidence that no. this motherfucker can even read lines. He can't use a regular Mr. Coffee. No, he let can't. Let alone Mr. Fusion. So I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's tenable. So we're going to have Rudy Giuliani oh. as an understudy, and he's probably he going to yeah, he's probably going to end up just playing the role. So wow, I kind of like that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, over to you, Chelsea. Who is your Doc? So Doc is kind of yelly and loud. So I went. Great with, Scott. I went with another actor who's known for being yelly and mm-hmm. loud i went with will ferrell oh yeah <laughs> nice that's a good casting yeah and sean your pick <laughs> <laughs> all right i went with a 50 year old actor he'll be 51 in april i like him for his physicality and i think he can probably pull off some of dot brown's antics mm-hmm. um he was in vanilla sky he was in almost famous he was in My Name is Earl, yes. and he needs to get out from under the thumb of Kevin Smith's reboots. It's Jason Lee. Jason Lee's so good, and I agree. He's um, He's got so much talent on his own. He's such a affable and hilarious performer. Um, I guess they just must be friends. I guess. All right, my actress. Uh, so, ironically, I didn't realize this actress is as old as she is. She's 60 now. She was in Only Lovers Left Alive, Snowpiercer, Doctor Strange, and the reboot of Suspiria. Her name is Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Nice. Nice. Uh, Dr. Emily Brown. All right. Next up, we've got The Girlfriend, the recently recast girlfriend, Jennifer Parker, who's now played by Elizabeth Shue. Marty acts like he doesn't even notice that she looks different. (laughs) Uh, Elizabeth Shue was 26 at the time. Over to you, sir. Again, going with my theme, the Trump family mm-hmm. falling on hard time, falling on hard times needs to have something to do. We're going to cast Tiffany Trump, huh. the rarely also, no heard Jesus. from uh, <laughs> other Trump sister uh-huh. uh, as in this role. I like it. <laughs> I've got a guess on who your Lorraine is going to be, but I'm not going to not going to spoil anything. Over to you, Chelsea. Who is your pick? My actress was in Beautiful Boy, Hmm. Booksmart, and um, the really good series on Netflix called Unbelievable. I went with um, Caitlin Deaver. Yeah, Caitlin Deaver's awesome. Unbelievable. Remind me what that is. Basically, Caitlin Deaver's character gets assaulted, and it's like going through that whole process from reporting to getting to trial. It's really good. Just not as fun as I was thinking. I mean, no, um, it's not. It's not there fun. A, there's a recent reboot of Steven Spielberg's show, Amazing Stories or whatever, uh, that's pretty good. And it's all like a short form anthology. Uh, okay, fair enough. Over to you, Sean. Your pick for Jennifer Parker. Uh, my actress is 25 years old. She was in uh, the film Stolen, uh, Detachment. She was in Vampire Academy. But uh, she's most recently been in the TV series Blue Bloods. Her name is Sammy Gale. Sammy Gale. Okay. 
my wife, my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink? Loves Blue Bloods. Uh, and not just the upper crust of society. My actor, <laughs> my actor is 26 now. Uh, he was in The Goldfinch. He was in Baby Driver. And incidentally, I didn't plan this. He was in Billionaire Boys Club along with Billy Lord. His name is Ansel Elgort. He's also going to be in the upcoming remake of West Side Story. All right. We've got one more. And it is the role of future Lorraine. Future Lorraine McFly. Played by Leah Thompson. Now, with- why are you specifying future Lorraine? Because she's older. But they also show Lorraine from the okay, 50s well, as my, well. My recast, okay. I've got the older Lorraine. You can do whatever you like. Um, but <laughs> my uh, my recast is kind of going the direction of her being around 50-something. But it's entirely up to you guys. Go for it, Joey. Um, I actually picked one who could play, I think, both of those okay. eras with you know some special effects and makeup. And that is obviously Melania Trump. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, man. It's, I, I can't think about it anymore. <laughs> Over to you. I just want to well, I just want to have an aside here. Yes. I, I think that this movie that I'm creating in my mind mm-hmm. here would be awful. But can you imagine how transcendently great a reality show about the making of this movie would be? It's what they should have done instead of the past four years. Yeah. Oh, I, the world would be a much better place yes. had they been working on this for the past four years than Produced what they've been doing. Produced by obviously. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Give all those people something to do and just, yeah. I love it. All right, Chelsea, who's your pick? Oh, gosh. My actress has been pretty much in everything, but I was inspired watching WandaVision. Yes. I went with Katherine Hahn. Oh, she's so good. I love her. Yeah, she's absolutely hilarious. And she can be sexy sometimes, too. Like yes. In, in non-comedic performances. Um, I like that a lot. Good call. Sean, who is going to be your Lorraine? And what era of Lorraine I'm is going. I'm with? going with young Lorraine okay. because it's easier to age up than to age down. That's true, man. I deal with it every day. If only there was time travel. Um, I obviously have not seen Luke Skywalker's can, uh, cameo in the new Mandalorian. Oh, the I have. It's so good. <laughs> All right. So uh, I went with a 24-year-old actress who has face value uh, as well, I think, to Leah Thompson. Okay. Um, she was in Justified. She was in Short Term 12. She was in Unbelievable, oh. and she was in Booksmart. I went with Caitlin Deaver. That's hey. creepy. <laughs> oh, a little bit of crossover there. But you picked her for a different role, right? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Where you, every, no, every you picked the same actor or actress, but for different all the time. roles? Okay. Every combination of coincidental picks has happened. All right, so my actor, and I think I figured it out. The reason I went with older Lorraine is because that's the picture that I could find. <laughs> And I'm even though this is an audio For medium, audio medium, I'm very visual. <laughs> and so my uh, actor is 54 now. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's a stand-up comedian. I particularly like his segments on CBS Sunday Morning. His name is Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan <laughs> is going to be my older Lawrence McFly. That's amazing. All right, so final thoughts on Back to the Future. Obviously not as good as the first one. We do get some iconic things. You've got the the shoes. You got the hoverboard. You got the Mr. Fusion. Other than that, it's kind of a miss, right? Yeah, and it's also like 800 years long. It never ends. Chelsea? What? Have you said your piece about... Yeah, just okay. don't watch it. Just don't watch it. Skip it mm-hmm. and... All right. With that, we're going to say it's time to go to intermission. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some temporal stability. Okay. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All morning, morning long. long. <laughs>
And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Chop Retrofit. All right, and we are back. When we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And we've got a very on-theme beer for this check-in. I went back and looked at Untapped. We've never checked this one in before. Okay, cool. It's from Edmunds Oast. It is called Bound by Time, India Pale Ale. Uh, Edmunds Oast, of course, being from Char- uh, Charleston, yes, South Carolina. And you've got a cool uh, cool cover art there with like an old-school stopwatch and... Moths. Yeah, moths. I don't know what that's about. Maybe the butterfly effect. Oh. Something like that. Maybe. Nobody talked about butterfly effect yet. Well, you know. I'm biased because I drank one of these before I came over, but it's very good. Yeah, it's a good one. I should also note that my taste, my sense of taste, is not completely... Recovered from recovered COVID. from the COVID as really? well, so it's weird. Like mm-hmm. I, um, it never completely went away, mm-hmm. but I lost the ability to taste coffee specifically. <gasps> like the coffee just tasted like dishwater, so, and I could taste I could taste things, but it wasn't quite as sensitive as yeah. it normally is, and it hasn't wow. quite fully returned. We we like the beer. Yeah, it's good. Good deal. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and talk about our 2021 movie marathon. As of this recording, it is the 29th day of the year. I'm one behind. I'm on number 28. But Chelsea, what did you say you're on? 84. That you're is absolutely that is, crazy. That's insane. You are slaying it. Like I just wow. And Sean, how about you? 35. Number 35. Joey, have you seen anything recently you'd like to tell us about? Uh, not really. Uh, if anybody out there is really interested in what I'm watching, you can follow me on Letterboxd yes. as Jay Pizzle. And I can't I can't watch 365 movies. I can't do that. But um, I am doing this thing called the Criterion Challenge, the 2021 Criterion Challenge. It's 52 movies, 52 oh, weeks in a year. I'm a little ahead of it, actually. Nice. Uh, but it's just different categories like 
the one I did last night was a was a movie made in Spain. Okay. Uh, I think coming up is like one from Wes Anderson's Criterion Top Ten, and then it's like silent so the, movies. The 20s, movies 30s, are predetermined, 40s. or the categories? No, are. the categories are predetermined, and then you select one from each category. Okay. And what I found interesting about it is that I'm watching movies that I probably never otherwise would have come across just because I'm having to pick one from that that category. Interesting. Um, so it's kind of interesting. That's cool. Uh, Chelsea and Sean and me, I think we're all going to talk about the same movie to start with, right? Yes. yes. For me, it was number 23 and really had no idea about it prior to it kind of showing up on the radar. It's called Psycho Goreman. Psycho Goreman. And I think, Sean, you described it best when you said that it is Trauma Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> it's like you took all the cool shit from the Trauma movies uh -huh. and all the cool monster effects from the Power Rangers and threw them into a family-friendly apocalyptic death movie. Uh, it's very self-aware. And Sean yes. also asserted that this, if I'm, if I'm uh, translating his tweet correctly was the best movie of 2021 thus far? Oh, it absolutely. is. It's it 100% is. <laughs> uh, my review was self-aware indie that is very bloody, very funny. Don't sleep on Psycho Goreman. Also, don't sleep on Mimi. Mimi's a badass. Oh, she's She's not taking great. any shit. Young yes. girl. I usually don't like kid actors. She also subjugates her older brother. <laughs> she <laughs> makes him her little bitch. <laughs> oh my God. It's so fun. Um... Chelsea, can you give us like a, a very broad idea of the plot of the movie? So a demon dude is raised from the, the ground uh -huh. in the backyard of these two kids. Who are playing what? I don't remember. Crazy ball. Crazy oh, that's ball. right. That's right. Um, that's a whole thing in and of itself. Anyways, they go looking for what came out of this hole and they find it because they have this like gem. Well, mm -hmm. she has this gem. Mm-hmm. And having this gem means you can control the demon. The demon, mm -hmm. and, and they name him. And he's yeah, they, they name him Psycho Gorman. They start he's a also, band. He's also he has to do what <laughs> I gotta watch this. He has to do so what good. she says, but he's also really mouthy and reluctant about he's it. He's so pissed. And they 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 actually form a rock band. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, I might go watch this the, tonight. Actually, it's so good. They make him wear like a little a little cowboy outfit. <laughs> This is a riot of a film, and it's it's charming as hell, though. Yeah. I mean, it's like after you get past the initial, oh, they're so self-aware, they're, they're poking fun, they're having a good yeah. time. It's really charming, though. There's the, just good writing. The, the, oh, the dad. The dad. The, I was dad. About to say, the dad is so apathetic. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I don't think we've ever talked about a movie where, like, all three of y'all have just, like... We're gushing. Really gushed yeah. about it in this particular it's way. It's great. It's great. Solid recommend. I think I'm going to watch it tonight. I might do yes. it. Good. Yep. Uh, okay, so next I'm going to talk about uh, I'm Your Woman. Um, this is with Rachel Brosnan, the girl who plays Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not a comedy. It's about a... A woman who she's married to a man who's a criminal. He's a career criminal. And they want to have a baby, but they can't or she loses her baby. And one day he just shows up with a baby and he's just like, here's our baby now. And so they raise the baby and then he disappears and she has to go on the run because people are looking for him. Uh, very serious, very dramatic. She shows some serious acting chops. Uh, also a recommend. Nice. What else you guys got? Um, I'm going to check in number 30 for me, and this is on theme for the week. It's called Idaho Transfer. Idaho Joe Transfer. As you referenced <laughs> earlier. This is a time travel movie directed by Peter Fonda. This is from 1973, although I've seen some sources say it's from 1971. Hmm. Um, very much an eco-themed time travel movie set in Idaho, as the title mm -hmm. would lead you to believe. And there is an imminent ecological disaster and this group has developed a time travel device that essentially is a room inside a government well it's, it's in, inside a research facility they've gotten grants from the government to tommy do, was so walks in he's like oh hi mark <laughs> they've gotten grants to do work but they're not doing the work they're doing their own thing and it's so hippie hmm. in that when they time travel, they just go 50 years into the future and it still looks like Idaho. 
and it's just a bunch of hippie kids camping in tents. So he's still on his uh, oh, yeah. easy rider hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born to be mild would be the subtitle. <laughs> Born for to this be movie. mild. <laughs> it's very low key, uh, but the, there's some cool shit. And I and I rarely say this. This movie is ripe for a remake. It could be a lot cooler. Okay, yeah. But I, for some reason, the time machine. It's like a bench, and you straddle the bench with the person in front of you, like you're riding like a bicycle together. Yeah, you like know. You and the but when they when they activate the time travel device, it's a really neat effect. It's like they're still images, and they're just like superimposed and jittering. Okay. Back and forth until you're finally gone. Uh, kind of neat. But kind of shitty too. It's, a, it's kind of a shitty movie, but there's a lot of cool, uh, cool ideas. There's a reason Peter Fonda only directed three movies. All right, neatly mm. shitty. Yeah, neatly oh. shitty. Uh, Chelsea, do you have another check-in? I don't have any check-ins okay. this week, only because every movie I watched, we've already pretty much talked only about. Only because she's watched only like eighty-five movies thus some far them, in the thirty days of twenty twenty-one. Some of them are not worth talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, my last check-in is going to be number 27, and it's called Ammonite, which is not about an obscure sect of Mennonites. It's actually a movie where if you've ever wanted to see Kate Winslet and young Kate Winslet, Saoirse Ronan, as paleontologists having graphic lesbian sex, this is the movie for you. The only downfall, I thought, was that they did not use a fossilized dildo all right so does anybody else have any more check-ins i do go for it my next check-in is a movie called army of one okay this is from 2020 and when i saw the synopsis it was like hey it's an action flicks with a female lead that got my attention and i was like you know how shitty can this be i was really wrong it can be real real, real shitty. shitty um as i said in my review when you get revenge on the main bad guy who killed your husband at the halfway point in the mm -hmm. movie, you know you've got problems. That probably you probably should go workshop that script. Yeah. So in the second half, is she just like going about her regular life? No, She's like, no, no. Uh, pay those taxes. I think they they borrowed really heavily from. Remember how in Justified you had the old woman mm -hmm. who was kind of like over all in the, the holler. Yeah, yeah. She mm -hmm. was like over everybody. She had her boys. I think they were trying to emulate that because, like, there's a woman. She has all these guys on her property. Okay. Her very well manicured property, it's, hmm. but they're supposed to be hillbillies. I, it, it, bad. Uh, this is a shit shit movie. It should never be watched by anyone. Don't don't watch it. Avoid it at all costs. So recommend? No, that's a no, sir. <laughs> it's no Psycho Gorman. All right, so. Um... Do we want to crack another beer before we go into the... Oh, I've actually I one. want to crack another beer. Well, I have right. one open. It is uh, from... Uh, this is from Charlestown Fermentory. Fermentary. Uh, it's called Yacht Party American Lager. Did we check this in no. previously? Or do we have it on your birthday party? No, I we... tried to get this for Chelsea's Yacht Rock ah. birthday. So technically, we are doing a bit of a time travel with yeah, this we beer. Are. Oh, this is tasty. This is a Pilsner? Just a lager. A lager. Now, okay. did the last beer that we just drank, and, and again, my taste hasn't completely come back yet, it had kind of like a licorice undertone mm -mm. no nope. is that leftover from the covid that's the rona that's, that's the, rona that's the taste of the rona <laughs> oh rona right. tastes like black licorice on your tongue with that is speaking of something leaving a bad taste in your mouth uh the recast continued part two again and we're going to be talking about a classic film in this genre it is 1994's time cop Time cut. Joey? I watched this today. You texted us about it I watched today. this starting at 7.30 this morning. I watched Perfect. Yeah, it was Tom really Cop. early in the day. Man. Um, and <laughs> it was fucking awful, y'all. No. Like, no. I, like, I, I I'm might sorry. be jaded a little bit I'm sorry. by my love for Mia Sarah. Y'all, uh, let, me, let, me, let me pull the curtain back on the cinema <laughs> chop chop a little bit. I texted Sean and uh -huh. Travis today, and I would have texted Chester. Uh, Chelsea, if I had her number, you almost said Chesty. Uh, I did. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I said, y'all, Tom, 
Tom Cop is a singularly awful movie. Even mm-hmm. for a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, it is... I don't think I used the poo emoji. Yep. You did use the poo emoji. And yeah. then, but you said, still not as bad as Back to the Future 2. No, that's no, what no, no, no. That's what Sean said, <laughs> to which I disagree, but okay. did not. I, I wasn't in the mood to get into a text fight, so I and just I left it there. And I said three words that makes it superior... Mia Sarah's titties. That's Which right. to me is not a criteria for a good movie because Chelsea, I'm sorry you have to hear shit like this. I'm That's sorry. Fine. Y'all, if you want to look at titties, mm-hmm. there's titties everywhere if you just look for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. To which so I responded. <laughs> having naked women in a movie is not a criteria for it being a great movie. Back then but it was. But it's Sloan from Ferris Bueller's in, Day Off. In, okay, in, in when we were 14 and we movie. were forced to see the female anatomy by movies that we could rent from... Blockbuster. Yeah, or in my case, the, the local... The neighborhood shop. Exactly. That would, may have been a thing. Mm-hmm. In 2021, that is not a thing. This does not elevate this. The, her breasts do not elevate this film past. When mankind perfects time travel, the government establishes the Time Enforcement Commission, TEC, to thwart criminal attempts to alter the timeline. Police officer Walker, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, is recruited by TEC commander Matuzik, played by Bruce McGill, but soon finds his investigation of Senator Aaron McComb, played by the ever-sleazy Ron Silver, being thwarted by elements within the government. When Walker's wife, Melissa, Mia Sarah, is attacked, he must travel across time to rescue her and save her titties. I mean, save the future. (laughs) (laughs) I, of course, am being facetious. It's not a great movie. It was entertaining, though. I found it to be better than Back to the Future 2. Oh, yes. Because the, the plot... Uh, despite being time travel was a linear plot Um, so here's some comments about it when in doubt do the splits Mm -hmm. (laughs) the splits will save you every time what Sean's referring to is a scene early on in the film where someone tries to electrify water puddling on the floor with a taser gun to and and, uh, Jean-Claude's response to this is to do a split on top of the bathroom yes and yeah. he did it, but then he... Did it's the, like a, the floor is lava. He but. did the splits to duck someone, too, mm-hmm. later in the film. So I'm saying yeah. this is a mantra that we can all live by. I also am just now realizing that I completely missed the opportunity to call you Sean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> Next observation, all hitmen from the future dressed as if they were in the band Color Me Bad. Oh, my God. That was awful. They want to sex you oh my up. God. <laughs> Uh, and then the last observation, when they get in the vehicle that sends them back in mm-hmm. the past, what happens to the vehicle? <laughs> I don't know. Because they're, I, I don't know. Because they're just kind of dumped out in the past. and then But then when they go back, they're back in the vehicle again. So and, wouldn't the vehicle stay behind? I, but how do they get how they into get in the vehicle out? on the tracks to go that fast to come back? Stargate. Where- uh, so we've got the role of Max Walker. The other thing you said is every time they said his name, you Walker. expected it to be followed by <laughs> Texas Ranger. <laughs> and he was played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, who was 34 at the time. Uh, next, we've got the role of Melissa Walker, his wife, played by Mia Sarah. Next, we've got uh, Tech Commander Matuzik, played by Bruce McGill. Great character actor. Yeah, fantastic in this movie. Who's still kicking it. Uh, he was 44 at the time of this film. And then we've got Senator Aaron McComb, who is using time travel for personal gain and other nefarious activities. And he's the essentially the big bad. Played by the sleazy Ron Silver. The very sleazy Ron Silver, who was 48 at the time. And with that, we're going to kick it over to Joey for your pick for Max Walker. I am doing something similar to what you did with Back to the Future 2. Uh-huh. And I'm doing some gender swapping nice. here. Um, my pick for the, I guess, Maxine Walter role will be someone who probably needs no introduction. Everybody knows her from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons. She's been in all sorts of stuff. I know her specifically from Star Trek Discovery where she plays the Terran Emperor uh, slash Starfleet captain in our universe, uh, Georgia Philippa, and her name is Michelle Yeoh. Oh, all right. All right, Chelsea? So I'm, my actor is Jared Kiso from Letterkenny, but I want him <laughs> to play this part as Wayne. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I very it. nearly just spat beer all over the microphone <laughs> when you said that. He's imposing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, first, I, when you said his real name, I didn't know who you were talking about until you said Wayne. For a second, I thought you were talking about Dairy. And that wouldn't work. Mm-mm. Why are you now? All right, Sean, who's your Max Walker? Well, we we know that 43 is the new 34. So mm-hmm. I'm with a 43-year-old actor who knows the physical world of uh, fisticuffs and grappling and whatnot. So I figured he would be good for this. Although he's not a much of a kickboxer kind of guy. Um, he was in 12 Rounds, Bumblebee, Trainwreck, The Marine... And a lot of other things. It's John Cena. Yeah. John yeah. Cena's actually really funny, too. Yeah. My pick for Max Walker is 38 now. I was also going for somebody who has a little bit of a martial arts background. I went with an actor who's in Easy A, Burlesque, and Never Back Down. His name is Cam Gigandet. Cam Gigandet. Does going on? What? Who? Gigandet. Cam Gigandet. Okay. Giggity, giggity. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we've got the role played by Mia Sarah. It was Melissa Walker. And Mia Sarah was 27 at the time. Has anybody ever seen the movie Queenie? Queenie with Mia Sarah? No. I don't think so. Check it out. Joey, who's your pick for this one? Well, again, I gender swapped the role of uh, Max. So uh, married to Max in this one um, is a fellow that y'all know probably from Harold and Kumar. Um, I have a theme, which Mm -hmm. will become apparent soon. This is also from Star Trek. Uh, He plays Sulu in the J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek universe. And it is John Cho. John Cho. Nice. Nice. Chelsea? Uh, My actress has been in a lot of stuff. She was in Baby Driver. Um... Godzilla, ooh, whoops, Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla, woo! I care a lot. Cutthroat City, tons of stuff. Anyways, I might mispronounce her name. Isa Gonzalez? But here, Travis, I printed this for Asa. you. Asa, Asa Gonzalez. Is it a picture? We think it's Itza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was in uh, uh, the, the, the Marwin movie, right? Welcome to Marwin. So. Yeah, welcome to Marwin. Marwin. She's fantastic. Sean, over to you. So since my uh, my John Cena recast is a little bit older, I aged this one up as well. She's 36 years old. She was in the to-do list, Dirty Grandpa, Ingrid Goes West, Yes. The Little Hours, and she knows a little bit about time travel because yep. she was in Safety Not Guaranteed. I went with Aubrey Plaza. Wonderful. For those of y'all at home, Travis is giving the slow golf clap. Yes. My actress is 27 now as well. Uh, She started in TV, maybe on the Disney Channel. What is Zoe 101, Chelsea? Oh, that's Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Okay. Uh, She's also in a movie called The Outskirts, Eye Candy, and The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. Her name is Victoria Justice. Victoria Justice. Sir, yes, sir. She is eye candy because I don't like her acting. I, I've never seen anything that she was in. So next we've got uh, TEC Commander Matuzik, played by Bruce McGill, who was 44 at the time. And Joey, who was your pick for this? All right, I'm going to do something that I don't know has been, ever been done on the Chop Shop before. In this role... He's uh, recasting a dog. I, <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> Playing this will be the role of Spot the dog. No, An uh, animatronic So bear. Bruce McGill also played, who, as you noted earlier, is still very much alive yes. and still very, much, very, very active. In Star Trek Voyager, uh, he plays... This is too good to be true. He plays the commander of the temporal forces from ah. the 29th century which come into contact with the 24th century voyager crew and i'm not going to go down a whole you know rabbit hole here with that uh-huh. but a, a role very similar to what he plays in this role in this movie so i'm going to recast him as himself bruce mcgill is as is bruce still going to be playing the tec commander in this because reboot. he has time travel yeah. Also, yeah. in this case, it's called a triple hole. Yeah. No, yeah. Mm, maybe. We'll talk about that. All right, Chelsea, your turn. My actor was in Hellboy, Revolutionary Road, Suicide Squad, but you'd know him from Stranger Things. I went with David Harbour. David Harbour. He's good. He's the new Hellboy. Hopper. Is that right? Yeah. He replaced mm-hmm. Ron Perlman. All right. Sean, who's your pick? 
My actor was in The Newsroom, State of Affairs, Black Mass, Banshee, The Green Hornet. I also went with David Harbour. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. You guys, your cycles are synchronizing. Um, my pick was, or oh, he's 50 now. He's in The Founder. He's in We're the Millers, Hearts Beat Loud, and Parks and Recreation, Nick Offerman. Yep. Nick Offerman is going to be That's my good That's good one. Bruce McGill. We got one more, and it is the role of Senator Aaron McComb, played by Ron Silver. He was 48 at the time. Joey, who was your pick for this? Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, my theme is actors who have been in various incarnations of Star Trek. I thought they were all Asian people. Dude, Dude, I got the last guy I, that I picked was not Asian. <laughs> but, I mean, aren't we all just a little bit Asian? <laughs> to fill out this role, I went with someone that y'all all know as Dwight Schrute. Yes. Uh, who I know as another time traveler from Star Trek. Yes. Uh, Rain Wilson played Harry Mudd in ah. the rebooted uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yep. And it was... a. Uh, Really, really good performance. Oh, he's a, really, a good actor. Yeah, and it People was a really tend good to pigeonhole him as Dwight, but there's some really good no, stuff it, out there from him. And it was a good uh, way to kind of give like a shout out to kind of the 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 fanboy continuity mm-hmm. kind of aspect of it, but go in a different direction too. He plays Harry Mudd. He has a time crystal, and there's a whole time travel episode uh, of Discovery. So Rain Wilson is playing that role for me. Also, Harry Mudd is the name of my least favorite porno. Over to you, Chelsea. Wow. I'm so excited to follow that. Yep. This was inspired by a movie I watched this week because this guy, is a, he's a good, fun villain. I went with Alan Tudyk. Alan nice. Tudyk's. Good job, Sean. Nice. All right. Uh, so my actor is uh, 49 years old. Perfect for this week. He was in the docudrama Framing John DeLorean. Since we're talking about time oh, travel. Yeah. Uh, uh, see what I did there? Uh, but he's been in... Uh, it's pronounced Chellorian. Yeah, Whatever. get yeah. it right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was in Four Brothers, SWAT, Dead Poet Society, and Sports Night. I went with Josh Charles. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. He was in Swing Kids, too. Never seen him play a villainous role before that no. I know of. I think it'd be cool. I also went to college with a guy who was legit his doppelganger. Oh, uh, my pick for the Ron Silver role of Senator Aaron McComb is oh shit I didn't put down his age but he's in his forties. Uh, he was in Train Spotting, Hackers, Byzantium, Frankenstein, with Benedict Cumberbatch, the uh, Danny Boyle Frankenstein, and Elementary as Sherlock Holmes. His name is. Johnny Lee Miller. I shopped him, yep. Johnny okay. Lee Miller. Oh, he was also in Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yes, repeatedly. Final thoughts on Time Cop. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a fun time. I yeah. think it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I also, this is one of those um, pitfalls of mine where I liked a movie a lot when I was at the age I was when it came out. Mia Sarah's tits played a factor, and I'm, I'm not going to let it go. No. Time Cop. All right, so that means it's time for our final bonus segment, which is going to be a battle across the space-time continuum between the following, Morris Day and the Time, (laughs) Time Magazine, and Nap Time. Oh. Oh. Joey, you're our guest. You go first, dude. Do y'all remember a song about Morris Day and the Time that goes, Fishnet, Black Panty Hose. I'm going with Morris Day and the Time all fucking day long. All right. Chelsea? I'm fucking going nap time. Nap time. I'm Naps with you. Naps are the fucking best. Yeah. We're both exhausted. We <laughs> nap. I had a nap before I came over here and I want another nap. Sean? Uh, print is dead. Uh, love nap time. Sean's going to join me. He's going to join I gotta me. I got to join you. The worst <clears throat> day in the motherfucking time. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I think I want to know ya. Oh, yeah. All right. So we have a tie. It's yeah. a tie between nap time and Morris day in the time, which means... We have to decide who wins between the following. <laughs> Parsley, sage, rosemary, or thyme. 
parsley is more or less garnish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the rest of those are actual herbs. Yeah. Sage and rosemary are probably my two favorite out of those. I got to go with sage because if you burn it, mm-hmm. you can get rid of them ghosts. Yeah, get rid of them yeah, ghosts. And Kesha. Kesha's just hanging around. All right. So uh, with that, we want to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Joey, for being here this week. Thank you for it's having me. It's been too me. long. In the before times, we used to get you frequently. Yeah, I've been out of commission. I had the surgery on my foot. I lost a toe, y'all. Yeah. Um, you can call I me old nine toes. Uh, and then I had the COVID, so it's been a while. Yeah. Yes. Good to be back. And also, Chelsea, thank you for doing all of your regulatory business. You're welcome. And also the uh, co-producer, the co-host, the engineer, Sean the Brew Boss. Thank you for what you do every week, sir. You got it, man. And uh, do you guys know what next week's episode is? Video game movies. Vidya. Vidya games, which is somewhat ironic because I'm notoriously not a video game guy. Uh, but we will have a special guest, Marco. Marco's coming on the show. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I do have a sneak preview question and answer for next week's trivia. Are you guys ready? Go for it. This German director has made multiple films based on video games, including Blood Rain, Postal, and House of the Dead. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Uwe Boll. You Boll. You Boll is correct. Very good. Out the gate, Sean. We also want to plug the podcast itself. Oh, first, I want to ask, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Joey, any plugs? I will have uh, the publisher for my short, short story collection. I have always been there before. Wonderful. Uh, we'll be rolling out ebook versions uh, very soon. Cool. Probably sometime in February or early March. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. Chelsea? Trivia. Trivia coming back next week. And Sean, anything you want to plug? Um, Seminar's got some bottled beer coming out. The bottles of uh, Adios Amigo. Adios Amigo would be out. We have a current and ras no current and cranberry sour. So it, in like it's happening right now. It's called right? it's in called time. It's called current calamity. And this current timeline. Yep. And then there is a uh, I, I call it a, a dessert stout called uh, Hello Oblivion that's coming out soon. Well, that that works with this as well. Uh, so you can uh, find those at the brewery or in your local vendors. And also check them out on seminarbrewing.com. Uh, we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcatcher apps. We're on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We're also Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter and Facebook and Gmail. We're Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. The two beers that we checked in today will be checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we're Cinema Chop Shop on there as well. Finally, farewell to you, the listeners. Thank you for listening. Remember to wear a mask and social distance. And please watch Chop Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.